91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Ninety-one Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Everybody, I know it's been months. I think the last one we did of this wasn't even an actual official soundtrack. It was a cover album of Nightmare Before Christmas that we did in December. But we finally have another soundtracking episode. You begged for it and we shall deliver. And because normally at this time there would be prom season happening, we're going to talk about the ultimate prom movie, not another teen movie, and its soundtrack of all 80s covers by bands that we like. <laughs> but you're like... Vince McMahon, you need to calm the fuck down. Okay, sorry. So, Brian, <laughs> let's start with you. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, this album kicks off with Tainted Love covered I, by Merlin Manson. I forget what it was. I think a few months back you brought up um, Sweet Dreams. Or not Sweet Dreams. Um, I put a spell on you about being one of Marilyn Manson's best covers. And I and I told you then that uh, Tainted Love is, is his best cover. Uh, I think we actually were talking about it during the Nightmare Revisited soundtracking. Um, wait, wait, wait. You're forgetting the fact that we did House in the Haunted Hill 99, which had the Sweet Dreams cover in it. 
So that could have been it as well. I think that was when it was. There's a lot of opportunities for me to say that Talk I about a spell on you is my favorite cover by Marilyn Manson. And, and it could uh, be your favorite, you know? Because I don't know if Tainted Love is my favorite cover of his, but it's definitely but his you're best. you're saying it's like his best. Well, but that's also like, uh, that's subjective. You're not like, I have empirical data that says that this is the best cover by Marilyn Manson. Uh, let me reach into the file, and because I said so. Um. <laughs> uh, well, it's a cover of the song Tainted Love. Uh, it's a cover of the version by Soft Cell from the 80s, but uh, if you haven't listened to the Gloria Jones version from the late 50s, early 60s, that song is also a banger. Oh, uh, that was... That's a. It's, this is a cover of a cover, and I never knew it. Yeah. I mean, that's as interesting as you, it gets in quarantine for me. So <laughs> today is the best day, which leads us into another song later on. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So Brian, are there any like I remember this music video, which this was like, I feel like right towards that tail end of them still doing music videos to promote soundtracks. Like they don't really. That's not really a practice anymore. But. No. 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 This is so. This is one of like two songs that I vividly remember in the movie. I can't really tell you when most of. The, I haven't seen this movie in man, maybe ten years. <laughs> Only ten? <laughs> yeah, it's probably been about ten, right? Nineteen would make sense. Um, so yeah, it's probably been about ten years since I saw it. But I remember this. This is when his incest-driven sister is walking down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Jake playing it. And I don't think there's actually any lyrics. It just plays in the intro. <laughs> I also like that it's incest ridden. <laughs> Not incestual. <laughs> She's just ridden with incest. <laughs> I, I don't think that he's wrong, though. I think that that's kind of a, uh, the perfect explanation of... of uh, oh, I can't remember her name in real life, but um, she was in the L word. And then we have, you know, Captain America... Um, and then she comes up and is like, "Oh, Jake!" And then she like she's sucking on her crucifix. <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, sucking on her crucifix, and she's like, "Jake, why is it that when everybody, whenever a guy want, uh, says, like, whenever I tell a guy that he can put it anywhere he wants, he puts it on my ass?" He's like, "Oh, that is way too much information." <laughs> and she goes, "Oh no, Jakey, way too much information would be for me to say, for me to tell you that." They always put it in my ass, right? Or no, 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 that they take a shit on my chest. Yeah. Oh, Matt, edit this so I don't sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> they, my favorite thing, it, it's a delivery that was like very popular in the early 90s, is that they say something gross and then they just like whisper something that's supposed <laughs> to be that much grosser because she's like, no, saying too much would say that after after I'm done, I take a huge shit. On their chest. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I think that you're absolutely right about that because when I worked at that pizza shop, man, that was our go-to response to everything <laughs> yeah. was to say something absolutely foul in a, like a yell whisper. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause then the other one I, I always think of is in uh Harold and Kumar when they're, when he's like, I'll tell you what, the secret ingredient is semen. Animal semen. <laughs> 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 I'm surprised that none of you guys have picked Harold and Kumar for Patreon yet. Dude, I, I love that trilogy. 
Yeah, he did. He he pitched it once. No oh, one. Really? No I one went. Ryan Reynolds Patreon. No, I pitched <laughs> Matt to put it up. I forget what movie I did, but we all were. We were. So we have this fun thing where I say, "Hey, we're gonna do a theme Patreon, guys. Let's go!" And it's like uh, Will Farrell going streaking in old school, and I just, <laughs> <laughs> just make the pick. I'm like, "All right, yeah, we're gonna do Disney movies," and Matt picks not a Disney movie, and neither does Scott. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm never going to pick a Disney movie. You picked the Goofy movie. You picked the Goofy movie. Oh, I did, but that was because I had a death wish that week, uh, that month. This goes into uh, a song that I completely forgot existed. Uh, it's Smashing Pumpkins covering the song "Never Let Me Down Again" by the Depeche Mode. It was a band that I never the cared for. Mode or just Depeche Mode? It says just Depeche Mode. <laughs> I thought so. You fuck. And the cover so Smashing Pumpkins. It's so boring. Yeah. Is that what you mean by Smashing Pumpkins? Yeah. Boring as fuck? But not, yeah, I was going to say, but not like the best kind of Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. If this was more like fucking Bullet, bullet with, with Butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were both this, thinking it. This is this is definitely why everyone stopped listening to Smashing Pumpkins after mm-hmm. Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Because Billy Corgan was just like writing shit like this for the next so do you decades. think that he did that because he was no longer on cocaine or because he was on heroin? <laughs> was Bill I I don't know why I feel like Billy Corgan was like one of those guys that is was like shockingly not that bad with drugs. I know. Oh, I'm sure he wasn't. It's probably because the guitar player, what's his face? Yeah, or the I drummer. Feel like, that's the only reason I say uh, that. Is I, I was going to say, I feel he like was they, the one that had the drug addiction. I think they kicked out a lot of original members because of drug addiction, so that's why I'm like, I don't think he ever got into that scene. I do have a love for Billy Corgan more that I went to see him play with Marilyn Manson. Um, and as soon as they started playing Disarm, some guy in the front row stood up and he stopped playing and said, you've sat down my entire set. You can't stand up for the one song, you know, Yeah, Billy Corgan strikes me as like of all of the 90s grunge guys, probably the one that's like, uh, well, we'll exclude David Grohl from this. But probably like the most approachable down to earth one. Are you fucking kidding me? No way. The man owns a wrestling company now. I could talk to that, him for sure. Uh, okay, you can, but I'd <laughs> fucking hate my life if I had to talk to Billy Corgan. You know, the only thing that endears me to Billy Corgan in the modern era is that fucking video of him on a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get out of the Smashing Pumpkins depressed-ass shit to go to the other song that I don't think was at... I, this song was a hit before this soundtrack, but Orgy's cover of Ooh, New Order's Blue, Blue Monday. So good. The only thing that I can really love Orgy for is this cover. Oh, 100%. Oh, I don't think anybody else even remembers Orgy except for their cover of Blue Monday. Yeah. What, people really don't good. remember I mean, other co- deep tracks on Candy Ass? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Ask Mario. He probably does. So, so. Oh man, dude, he made me a uh, a mix tape. It was still a tape. It was a cassette tape. Um, I want to say that it was September of 1999. Does that sound right? Yeah, Is that one well not? Right. Okay. okay. Uh, it had. I don't remember everything on it, but some of the things that I remember on it were mostly covers. Uh, but it started. It kicked off. I do. This isn't a cover, but it kicked off with "Wait and Bleed" by Slipknot, mm-hmm. of course. And then it "Blue Monday" by or Orgy's cover of "Blue Monday," Cold Chamber's cover of "Shock the Monkey," um, the System of Down cover that's on this later. 
uh, fucking, you guys remember Spine Shank? No. <laughs> they did a cover of Wow My Guitar Gently Weeps that was on there, and this other song called Strictly Diesel. Uh, and do you got, okay, here's a question. If we're talking about the, you know, the 90s, early, like 2000, it might have strictly been my school, but the guys in my clique, right, we called a fist bump giving someone a diesel. Is that a thing, or was it just like that's rural a, Ohio? That's a new one to me. Uh, I wouldn't know. I didn't have a click. <laughs> I didn't have friends. Um, the one story that I have to share, because I don't know when Orgy will come up on this podcast again. Definitely not about your sex life. Yeah. Um, so when I was in middle school, I was on the school newspaper. Uh, because of course I was. There was and, a middle school newspaper? Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah. Somebody getting their period? So the school newspaper, one of the kids did a concert review because he went to the family, the first family value store. Oh, shit. And we had, we were too young to understand why the teacher wouldn't print the name of the opening band, which was Orgy in the school newspaper. <laughs> Because none of us knew what it was, so we're just like, I don't know, it was just a nonsense word. <laughs> wow, Matt, you were way more sheltered than I realized, and you lived in a giant, well, a suburb of a giant, one of the three biggest cities in America, and yet, here you are. Yes, yeah, sorry, in sixth grade, I didn't know what an orgy was. What a douchebag. <laughs> You're a like, nerd. So, Scott, you already made a reference to it, so the next track is System of a Down, the Metro which originally by Berlin. Is that who it's by? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. originally by it's Berlin. It's a fucking great song. It is one of my all-time favorite System of a Down songs. Um, such a great cover. It's probably one of my top 10 favorite covers of all time, too. Yeah, System of a Down is one of those bands that love them or hate them. They have a sound that as soon as you hear them, you're like, oh, yeah, that's definitely System of the Down. <laughs> like, they have a unique sound all their own. Which yeah, I'm, and cool. I'm not saying I'm a, a System of a Down fan anymore, but in 1999, let's say, uh, when I'm pretty sure that I heard this for the first time, I was like, you know, I was just in my pants because it was so cool. So, yeah, I mean, don't when, judge me. When when I heard Chop Suey for the first time, even as like a kid who wasn't that into metal, that was like one of those songs, and I think we ended up cutting this from an episode of One Hit Thunder, so I'll say it here, but like thinking about the fact that songs like Toxicity and Chop Suey could be massive hit songs on the radio is weird to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, Toxicity like, weird songs. Like, yeah, and, and wasn't well, was was Toxicity the only like charting single off of that record? Oh, I think Chop Suey had to have also charted. Chop Suey definitely. And that's such it's a much weirder song than Toxicity in my opinion. Yeah. Not the weirdest song on that record. But no, that would be bad. <laughs> I don't know. Tapeworm's fucking weird too, dude. All oh, every, man. I love that album. I don't know if I love all of the System of I Down albums. I prefer the self-titled better. Self-titled? Well, that's got a. Is that got sugar? <laughs> like, yeah, which was a pretty big song. It was a real. Well, I mean, that was an MTV big song. I don't know if yeah. it was a Billboard big song. Nah, Toxicity was. Save that for your other podcast. We don't know <laughs> the. But yeah, man, that. That album was like, oh, this is what new metal could sound like. <laughs> but the Doesn't... thing is, is that they were only lumped into new metal because of the time period, not because of their style, because they literally sounded like no one else. And they still, here's the thing that I, I loved System of a Down when I was in high school because they were so weird and punk 
and just out there. And I really love Serge's vocal style because it was. I hear you in the background. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Is well, that yeah, Brian? because he would, That's yeah, me. Brian. Because he, <laughs> he would go from like he has like that very soft, like the dude can actually sing, but then he can also scream, and he like does those weird like speaking weirdly fast moments in yeah. songs too. We're just like we can't afford to be neutral. A moving train. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but, but I, I, I so I. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that so, BYOB is the perfect, like, 95, driving down 95 at night by yourself, like, to keep yourself awake. It is the most fun you can have by yourself. I feel like that's what an ex-cocaine addict would say, because that's not the most fun I could have alone. Oh, it is a hoot. That is album, a hoot. The is album it a hoot or a toot? The one with BYOB has, like, I remember when that album came out, I was working at the mall. And uh, where were you working? I was working at a head shop there called Habitat. So he <laughs> of sold, you were. So he sold like tie dye shirts <laughs> and incense burners and shit. Um, but like we had no customers. So we would put on whatever the hell we wanted. And man, the amount of times that we would have like Cigarro or violent pornography on in this like hippie head shop because it was just me and my my ex-girlfriend and she was my ex-girlfriend at the time we just maintained Ugh, a good awkward. friendship no she was the one that got me the job she was like hey we're looking for help you want to work there i was like <laughs> sure i don't know man it's still weird uh well the thing about cigarro is that it's like that's some nonsense shit there too but that was off of um What's oh. nonsense about my cock can break right through a door <laughs> <laughs> i always loved cocaine uh so did brian (laughs) big fan (laughs) we have devoted like four minutes to talk about system down well so what i'll say two things real quick and then we'll go on to the next song one i learned everything uh, i learned the entire album on guitar of the self-titled system of a down record mario and i used to fucking jam that stupid bullshit in his basement in high school every Friday or Saturday night after I got off of work at the pizza shop. And I just, it's, it's indelibly linked for me. Like the smell of like working on the frying, uh, equipment and then going to his house without a shower, changing my clothes. My hair still smells like fryer grease and just jamming out on my like Epiphone Les Paul to, to system of a down. And, but then the other thing is that, uh, what killed system of a down for me was playing shows as a metal band because every fucking loser who wanted to have a metal band in 2005 was still playing shit off of the self-titled system of a down record, which came out in like 99, right? Yeah. Or 2000. I think it's 99. I'm almost positive, but uh, it was right around that time. They're playing music. Like that's not old enough to be cool again. Literally. They're just losers. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we're going to do our cover of chops or uh, our cover of uh war. Yeah. We're going to do our cover of Sugar. And yeah. I'm like, fucking, this battle of the bands is going to suck. Anyone afraid of some sp- spiders? <laughs> <laughs> so let's like just kind of zoom past these next two because they are definitely the low point in the soundtrack for me anyway. Uh, Scott Weiland of Stone Devil Pilots so bad. Oh, doing God. a cover of Be Not Tonight, also by Depeche Mode. What this is teaching me is that I would not like Depeche Mode. No, you wouldn't. And I and I don't understand the where it's like, so let's record a song, but is there any way we could 
make the instruments louder than the vocals, but you can still faintly hear the vocals. And that's exactly how this sounds when I listen to it. Yeah, it's mixed. And like Scott Weiland is one of those figures where like I I don't know why. I think someone posted it on Facebook and then it sent me down a rabbit hole. But I watched like an hour of random Stone Temple Pilots live at like their peak. And the dude was such a like charismatic frontman. And dear God, heroin just like wrecked him. His solo career was trash. Yeah, man. It's you know, crazy how that happened to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who thought a little bit of heroin would wreck someone? Yeah. It's usually such an easy thing to handle. So here's my thing. Is the only song by Stone Temple Pilots I like is Chipping on a Hole in a Paper Heart? What? And that's what? The, I watched like four different live versions of that song because I do think that that is... Like I love Stone Temple Pilots. I love their I first three or four hate albums. Him so much. But I, I would even like, agree that that is the best song that they've ever recorded. That I, song is incredible. I love that song so much, and I don't even know what I'm singing. I'm just. You know what I mean? Just letting the tongue hit the teeth. <laughs> Yeah, no, that song is, to me, their tops. Tops! Although I also love Big Bang Baby from that same album. Oh, yeah, but that's the thing. is like, th- what was that album called? Tiny Music from the Vatican yeah. Gift Shop. Oh, such a, such a 90s fucking oh, album. The was most like, 90s. Was that 96? That was 95 or 96, yeah. That was okay. like right yeah. before they just kind of went, boo, off a cliff and no one listened to grunge music. Yeah, I, I don't God, I because that's the only ugh. song you like, dude. Well, here's the thing: is that there are a couple songs like "Open" or uh, "What's the Interstate Love, love Song"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That song's okay, but the thing is, is that I'm never in the mood to listen to fucking grunge music. I See, hate grunge music. I would rather listen. To that's anything. the big difference between Scott Roger and the Kelly Brothers. Is the Kelly Scott Brothers and everyone else? Yes. Yeah, the Kelly Brothers always have some time to pop on some grunge music. Dude, and it's so bad, but it's so good. You know what I mean? Like dead and bloated could have been written by a 16 year old but i love it so much <laughs> and it's like it's like you you they managed to make drums sound boring in that song but i still <laughs> love it you what's the stupid ass song by pearl gem it's like oh oh hey i'll trail the blood again is that is that them is that pearl gem same old trip it was back then that's allison chains that's wood oh uh, no, it's not. We're, we're talk- it doesn't matter. Fucking to I- the blood again. <laughs> that one? Oh, that's another guy that got wrecked by heroin. Yeah. You know what? The best thing that ever happened to grunge was heroin. Don't cut that <laughs> yeah. because I fucking hate grunge music. <laughs> you know, I'm All really right. starting to think that we need to take this heroin thing seriously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into a band that has popped up way too much on soundtracking already. But Saliva. Who makes another appearance on here? Wait, when when else did they show up? I have completely blocked Dra- it from my brain. Dracula 2000. They were on the Your Disease. Uh, they did that Your Disease song. I have song. I have a minor defense to this song. It is a terrible song, but it is <laughs> it is very fitting for a 90s movie, especially a teen movie. Yeah, and you know what? Here's the weird thing. When I listen to this song, I definitely remember that I heard it somewhere in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it was like during the football game or something. But football like, game oh, was 99 Red Balloons. That's it. I told you I knew two songs <laughs> and where they were in the movie. That was the second one. Oh, no. I, I remember a few of the later tracks on this for sure. Um, but this is a cover of The Pretenders. 
who's you know they had a couple songs whatever but yeah any any deep thoughts on message of love or should fuck we just that. no right. and fuck fuck saliva they're terrible all right so then we move into stabbing westward doing a cover of my favorite new order song bizarre love triangle not a good song but i was and i don't actually remember this from the movie i don't think i've ever listened to the soundtrack and like fully until you sent it to us but um i'll say that i actually enjoyed this as a stabbing westward song yeah it was like really different from what they do and i was i kind of enjoyed the fact that it focused so heavily on the singer's vocals yeah they went from like industrial music to like this is just like power pop and it's mm -hmm. like not bad power pop not at all but yeah, but that's the thing is that like it's still not stabbing westward. It's just like the guys in stabbing westward doing a song that they liked. But I feel so like, I don't know if I forgive them for that. I feel like bizarre love triangle is just one of those songs that I've heard so many covers of, and it just works in whatever genre you do it in, as long as you're like pumping the brakes on getting too insane. You know what I mean? Like it's it's got a good melody line, so it's gonna work as long as you stick with that melody line. I don't know. I'll believe you, but I'm not going to listen to the other covers of it. <laughs> Fine, whatever. 99 Red Balloons, Goldfinger. We got some memories about this band for sure. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. I fucking love Goldfinger so much. You know, the thing about this song, though, is that this is probably one of my least favorite punk covers because, of, again, of oversaturation. I mean, I love Goldfinger. I loved this cover the first time I heard it, and then I heard it on every... You know, I don't even know how I heard it so much. I think it was like people when I went to college. Like yes. when I was in a band. I don't think the people even liked 99 Revolution or ni people that didn't even like Goldfinger were like, I love this cover. Yeah. And it's not even that. It's just a straight cover with distortion. That's all it is. Yeah, it's it's very faithful to the original. They even do a verse in German, which I think is one of the reasons why people like it so much is that like. They're like, hey, like this song was released as an English song and as a German song, and they actually play, pay tribute to both versions, which is different. But yeah, it's not. I mean, it, it's probably the first punk cover I heard, so it'll always, yeah. I'll always have a love for it. <laughs> and I, and I like, I remember my first. Uh, actually, it was my second band, but my second band, we wanted to cover this. We never did, but it was like one of those songs that we always was like, we should cover Ninety Nine Red Balloons by Goldfinger. Was that Mad Cow? Because uh, it seems like a Mad Cow cover. No, it was an all, it was an off the wall cover. Mad gotcha. Cow was the first band. Oh. <laughs> Mad Cow Mad was Cal, awesome. Mad, no, off the wall was awesome. Mad Cow lasted like three shows. Nick, but, Nick I thought Nick, you were gonna say it lasted two practices in one yeah. show. Listen, Nick Bissell wearing a cow costume was awesome. That is true. Well, and that and was who did they? Where did he, Matt get that idea from? I don't know. Maybe bad channels. Well, no, no, that was I had joined the band when they were already. Uh, Mad Cal, they asked me to be their singer because they didn't have a singer. Um, and it was my friends Matt, Nick, and this kid AJ on drums. And like the band never worked out because AJ was one of those dudes who just like all he listened to was like prog rock. And the the other two dudes were like, <laughs> You guys want to do a Dream Theater cover? Well, or thing. What? <laughs> he had like every Dream Theater album, but like. Like myself, Matt, and Nick were like full like ska punk kids. So like we wanted to do these covers, and it just like it was just a styles clash. It never worked out. But we won our battle of the bands in high school. But like, here's the thing: the only song that we could play was "When I Come Around" by Green Day because we <laughs> practiced it. We we're like, we've got to master this for this battle of the bands. And we didn't realize that what happened when you won the battle of the bands was that you were playing the school like field day the next morning. 
Oh shit! <laughs> like a twenty minutes. Did, did you do the Montel Jordan like this is how we do it twice in a row thing? <laughs> Just wung it, and I still have some of that footage on a VHS wung it? tape. I think you mean winged it. No, we wung it. You wung it. We definitely wung it. Winged it would give us too much credit. <laughs> I, I I I do got to give a shout out, a huge shout out to Nick Nick Basella, by the way, because that dude got very very bad on heroin. Um, and now ruined his life. And like, he's, he's a father life. now. He's completely changed his life around. He looks great. Huge yeah, shout out to Nick Vassell. I love Nick. And he listens yeah. to the show. Nick! Thanks for <laughs> Jesus listening. Jesus Christ, I'm so sorry we used your last thing. No, and uh, I hope you made it this far with all the jokes that I made about heroin. Um, but I also <laughs> was there with you, so... <laughs> no, Nick, Nick uh, when I had my class reunion, he was talking to me about episodes of Horror Movie Night. He's like, oh my god, the episode you did on this was so funny. I was like, oh man, he listens. That's so, like It was so touching. Isn't that so heartwarming? Yeah. It's like the absolute fucking best when someone that you grew up with listens and doesn't tell you yeah. until like later on and you're like, ah! Yeah. But no, Nick, Nick, Matt, and I formed a band after that called Off the Wall where I played drums and did the vocals. Um, oh my God, did you just do covers of From Autumn to Ashes? No, or what? We, we wrote originals. We put out like a full length. <laughs> um, oh my God, have I not heard this? Oh, I've played it for you once before. It's trash. Bullshit. But uh, Bullshit. one of the times you were in like my old place, I played it for you. But we could do a whole episode of just reviewing that if you wanted. It's trash. But Oh my God, dude, we have nothing but time in quarantine. We're doing it. But I remember that the big thing that we did was to symbolize that Mad Cow was dead. <laughs> <laughs> and off the wall was back was that um we we bought a stuffed cow animal and had it dangling from a noose above the stage of our first show <laughs> so how bad did you guys ape um guar not that much we were we were definitely just doing pop punk stuff from that point on it was literally yeah, just but, that but nick had <laughs> well like Literally, it was just that Nick had a cow costume, and they're like, well, if you wear it when you play bass, we'll call ourselves Mad Cow. Um, That's the most high school 2000 thing I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. No, that, and that was all it was. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Moving on. Mess. Where the fuck are we anymore? We're oh on Mess. I Melt With Which You. Which is the second biggest, I think this is the second biggest song from this uh, soundtrack, in my opinion. I feel like right? this is a song that gets covered way too fucking much at oh this point. and this song this song has never been good i'm going to put my foot down and say that melt with you is a fucking garbage song i'm gonna lift your foot up and <laughs> say that you are wrong and the best cover of it is done on an accordion in whatever it takes i oh, agree shit! okay you know what i rescind i take it back uh and you know just because fuck messed you know <laughs> lead singer murdered a dude so wait wait are you kidding that tony lovato killed somebody yeah you've never heard that story no i listen i was a huge fan of mast and i knew that they broke up but i did not know i thought that he came back he found jesus and he came back and then that was it but you're saying he fucking murdered somebody so on 2007 he was released from jail and the homicide charges against him were dropped uh, we determined that means he didn't murder no, someone. No, dude. no, no, no. They decided that it was in self-defense. Supposedly, the quote-unquote self-defense was that they were arguing in a bar, and he told them to take it outside, and then they went into a dark area of the parking garage, and the guy was stabbed to death. 
Holy fuck, Tony Lovato murdered, like, stabbed someone to death. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll, I will accept that that is true, because you know what? Like, he seemed, he's always seemed like a D-bag to me, and I was pretty upset when they came back with um, Not What You Expect, I think is what that record was called, and it was all about Jesus. Sorry, Matt. Yeah. But um, I, I was like, this is not what mess is about. It's about girls and drinking. Stop it. So you're saying that it was not what you expected? <laughs> it was not what I expected. It was fucking way worse. Oh, no, Scott, you've gone robot again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep talking bad about God. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, you sound <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> you sound like Zelda Rubens. <laughs> god is dead. Hey, you're back. Oh. Okay, cool. Oh, I'm normal? Yeah. All, right. All I had to do was double Yeah, yeah, yeah you gotta double down on it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about um, a song that I think is really good. I don't remember how I feel about this cover. Let me give it a second. Yeah, I'm okay with this. Uh, good Charlotte covering If You Leave. Which is such an underrated '80s teen flick song, but uh, what was it originally in? Was it in Pretty um, in Pink? Pretty in Pink, thank you. Yeah. Um, thought so. I, I love this song. I fucking hate Good Charlotte, and uh, it's not because they're not like entertaining. It's because of how un like a intentionally annoying he makes his voice, especially in this song. Oh, he's so nasally. It's like, but like obnoxious. He, he wants to be Mike Herrera. He wants to be a parody of Mike Herrera. Yo, you know, like, I love my Carrera, but like I can listen to MXPX from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. and be okay. If I listen to two good Charlotte songs, I'm like, I hate pop. Yeah. And that's crazy. <laughs> well, you know, Mike Carrera, who's also just making this lockdown so much easier with his weekly, like, hour long acoustic concerts on YouTube. Yeah, if you guys aren't watching that shit, you're missing out. He did a cover of No Cigar that is. Banging. Yeah. Ooh, you and know by Millencolin. If you don't know Millencolin, you need to listen to some Millencolin. Mm. I gotta check that out. Ryan, do you not know who Millencolin is? Dude? I know who Millencolin is. Okay, whew, I got really worried for a second. I was gonna kick you off the show until next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's dive into the shortest Scott, song on the album. Whoop. Do you forget that when I was a who kid, no, what my favorite video game was as a kid? <laughs> Tony Hawk! <laughs> <laughs> So yes, I know that song. Was No Cigar on Tony Hawk? Tony Hawk Pro First Skater 1. Yeah. Okay. I never played it. I didn't have a PS... Was that PS1 yeah. or PS2? Yeah. That was on PS1 and N64. Dude, how about that snowboarding game we sent you for the PlayStation? No, I think what's funnier is I loved Cool Borders, but you guys also sent me the Razor game that was like a complete ripoff of Tony Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Razor Scooter video game. <laughs> There was a ra like Razor R A Z R yeah. Razor. Yeah, there was a oh, they made a video game of that shit. Yeah, and it, like the characters were very similar to like how we characters look. Like they didn't put a lot of money into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're almost done. We're almost through the soundtrack. I know Brian's got to give Jade some attention, and I've got food waiting for me. Uh, so the shortest track we've got a cover of. I want to say it's The Smiths. Please, please, please. Let Give me, me get, what I want. Let me get yeah, what I yeah, want yeah. by the muse. By the it's by muse, dude. You know this is the best song on the album. I I, I will not budge. This is the best cover. Muse is the best band that has no place on this record because they're so fucking good. <laughs> they really also, stick out like a sore thumb among the rest of these artists, yeah, honestly. I, I don't. I truly. And I was talking to Megan about this last night while we were making food. Um, 
because I was thinking about Mass or Mass, I was thinking about Muse, and I was saying to her, "How did Muse get popular? Because he's got like this crazy vibrato, like operatic voice, and then the bass." It's such a bass-heavy band, and all the bass is is like the thickest fucking fuzz face bass tone you've ever fucking heard. Yeah, it's, it's almost synthy. It's very they, like they got so huge. It's very like they have a um, a well-produced like Neutral Milk Hotel vibe. Like you listen to, like Neutral Milk Hotel stuff that's not the acoustic stuff, and it's just fuzzy bass and like a very weird bordering on falsetto vocal line. Like it's very not radio friendly and somehow they made it radio friendly <laughs> i don't know but they I, i'm so happy that that muse got big and i'm so happy that they're on this this uh soundtrack because i don't remember it from the movie i actually don't remember half the songs from the movie i, I think that this was the first time i heard most of these songs actually I, I honestly think that like three of these i think bizarre love triangle i think the if you leave and this last one, Somebody's Baby, performed by Phantom Planet. Oh, Dude, I do like that. I do like I that say, a lot. I think they're all just from, like, the chase scene when they're trying to get Lainey before she gets to the airport. Oh, on the plane, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I got to tell you about um, Somebody's Baby. That is my all-time favorite 80s ballad. Like, it is such a good song. And Phantom Planet's cover is so, so good. I love that I'm, song, and I love their cover of it, too. I, it's been so long since I saw it, but I'm pretty sure uh, the girl loses her virginity to that song. It's yeah, Fast Times Fast 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 yeah. to Ridge My Heart, yeah. You know who this is? Uh, you know who wrote that song, Brian, right? Who? Jackson Brown. It's Jackson Brown, yeah. Yeah, which was Aunt Lisa's, like, all-time favorite musician, and I don't think he ever put this on an album. Like, I think it literally was recorded. It's on an album. Oh, it is? Okay, I thought it was recorded yeah, just I, for I Fast Times. A- it might have been, but I actually have a vinyl of it. Um, it might have been like a "These Are My Hits" kind of thing, because I also love Linda Ronstadt, and she all of her best songs are very similar in that they are um, on albums that they they're like released later on albums yeah. that are just kind of compilations. Yeah, I just checked. It was recorded specifically for Fast Times, but it is on pretty much all of his greatest hits albums now. Because it's his best song. Oh, yeah. it's a. I mean, I like a lot of... It's... None of his other music sounds like this. He's definitely... No. It, he's definitely like a Billy Joel-ish guy sitting behind a piano writing, like, eight-minute-long ballads, not <laughs> writing, like, three-minute pop songs is not his, his bread and butter. Uh, but, yeah, beautiful, beautiful cover. Great version. Phantom Planet is a band that's got some pretty good hits, honestly. And it's got... Um, uh, what's his Jason face? Jason Schwartzman um, on drums. Yeah, well, at that time, I'm pretty sure yeah. he was on this recording, but I, I know that he left eventually because he got too popular doing, you know, Wes, An- Wes Anderson movies, right? Yeah, well, acting in general, but yeah, mostly that no, Wes, Wes Anderson, Anderson style. Uh, <laughs> so the only other things that were in the movie that didn't really make it on the soundtrack were just used for parody purposes. So there was the My Hero song by the Foo Fighters shows up for the Varsity Blues scene, Kiss Me from Sixpence Then the Richer, uh, Bad Ronald's song Let's Begin is played at the party scene, uh, which is a really good song by a band that no one remembers. And of course, the biggest upset on the soundtrack is not including the Prom Tonight musical number. Yeah, why <laughs> oh wouldn't they? Oh my god. I, ju- I just need to watch this movie. It's so bad and so good. Do you know who wrote Prom Tonight? Because this makes no. me so happy in my soul. It was written by Ben Folds, and it. Oh my God! Are you serious? Yeah, it shows. It's like it's got such a Ben Folds vibe in the like the way that the music goes. 
the scene in the the restaurant is the best part in that song, as far as I'm no, concerned. No, 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 that's not the best part. <laughs> I find a girl those, that those... I love the most. I just jerked off in your friend's dust. <laughs> <laughs> so I have this this what song what dash song dot com with all of the it's a complete list of songs, and so it's a bunch of shit that I didn't know was somewhere in the movie, and I'm just gonna really like rapid fire it through rebel girl by bikini kill makes sense um oh that's when she's painting <laughs> like, it says kids steal food as ben fakes having a heart attack in a grocery store oh i mean maybe it's there too but it's definitely when she's slapping the paint all over yeah, the canvas and she's crying <laughs> yeah. and i mean i fucking love not <laughs> it's so good and then we have um well the ones i'm going to talk about are the ones that i rem- that are worth mentioning there's a bunch of shit that i don't give a fuck about but Sprung Monkey apparently did that cover of Don't You Forget About Me. Oh, shit. And it's not on the the, the sound, official soundtrack, but I'm pretty sure that's at the end, right? I'm sure it's somewhere in there. It's somewhere, but I, I specifically remember that cover. And then it says Turning Japanese by Face to Face, but I know that the cover of Face to, uh, the cover of Turning Japanese that I have on my computer from like 2002 is by No Use for a Name. So I don't know if they both did it. Or if mine is wrong and it was actually face to face, but it sounds like Tony Sly to me, so I don't know. Um, and then we have like an odd, like we have Janie's Got a Gun by Aerosmith. That's just Chris Evans yelling it when he's <laughs> on the bleachers. Um, Kiss Me is in it apparently, which doesn't make any sense yeah. because it was already in. Um, well, that's why. Never, oh, because it's when she falls down the stairs. Yeah, they play yeah, it when yeah, she's yeah. coming down the stairs. That's what I mean. Like that and the My Hero are literally just used to be sound cues for the scene that they're making fun of. I guess, but there's, it, I don't know. Like, it's too on the nose. Things, it's... Yes, exactly. And oh, dude, have you guys ever heard the No Motive cover of Space Age Love Song? Yes, it's so good. So good. <laughs> It's, I didn't even know that they had covered that song because obviously it's not like anywhere in the movie that I'd remember. I think it's on the and punk, not punk goes eighties. I think it's on before you were punk volumes one or two, like the fat record eighties tribute mm, album. Let me see. I actually, cause I have it on my computer because I was a huge no motive fan. Um, I got to see them. I had a really rough, like 10 months in 2003 i want to say it was and i actually leaned really heavy on a no motive which is a band that i can't believe i've never mentioned on here um and and i i loved their first two records and the sad well it's not their first two but the two major labels and the sadness prevails and diagram for healing such such good records i i do have space age love song on my itunes but it's not named as like a it is it's it's i just looked up on the wiki it's from Before You Were Punk, Volume 2, a punk rock tribute to New Wave that had Suicide Machines covering What I Like About You, No Motive doing Space Age Love Song, MXPX doing No Action by Elvis Costello, The Hippos doing... Which is weird. <laughs> the Hippos doing Our Lips Are Sealed by The Go-Go's was on there. Oh, yeah. Get Up Kids did Close to Me by The Cure. Lagwagon mm. did Bring on the Dancing Horses by Echo and the Bunny Man. Uh, Strung Out doing Every Breath You Take and All doing Rebel Yell. I didn't know that Strung Out did that cover. I'll have to look it up because yeah. I love me some Strung Out. But uh, yeah, no. But yeah, that's that's pretty much everything that's worth mentioning, except for I guess that um, uh, shit. I, I closed out. A, a good Charlotte did another cover for this. I I don't remember. What it was. Oh, the, oh, they did. Um, put your put your hand on my shoulder. Yeah, that's put, right. Put thank your you. heads on my shoulder. But you can't find that cover. I did. I did actually really like that for the two seconds it was in the movie. Yeah. 
I mean, I've said before, I would love for there to be a band. Uh, Scott was almost there. <laughs> a, a band that literally just did pop punk covers of exclusively 50s rock songs because <laughs> they fit like bread and butter. Like it just would work Can so I, well. Oh. Last anecdote, and I promise I'll let you guys get to your real lives. Uh, for <laughs> once, I'm the one keeping us on the line. So I have to tell you guys, the one of the most embarrassing moments of my punk rock youth. So I was a senior in high school, and this was one. I might have been a junior in high school. It was, I was a junior in high school, okay? So I was a junior in high school visiting my sister at college. She had transferred to a, a liberal arts college away from a state college. And I met her friend, Bean. That was his nickname. I don't know his real name, but he was a real punk rocker. All right. And this was 19 or this was 2000. This was either 1999 or 2000, depending on what time of year it was. So I meet him and I say, oh, I love punk rock. And he's like, cool. Do you like old school or new school? And my brain races because one, there was no like internet to tell me. There was internet, but no internet to tell me what old school versus new school was. I had no friends that liked punk rock except for like me. And so I was listening to like Hopeless Records, Epitaph, uh, Tooth and Nail, and whatever I could get my hands on, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't know the difference. And I, I immediately thought, oh, MXPX sounds like 50s rock. So I'm going to say old school punk rock. And I said, oh, yeah, I love like old school punk rock that sounds like 50s music, you know, like MXPX. And he was like, dude, that's new school. Old school is like, you know, sex pistols. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I, I'm a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was literally there was there were no resources for me to know what old school versus new school punk rock was. And this guy fucking shit all over my face. And I was I actually think I blushed. I was so embarrassed <laughs> and I've never been able to forget it. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night during this fucking quarantine. And I'm like, oh, God, there was that time that I embarrassed myself in front of a punk rocker. And then you told the story to everybody to hear on Soundtracking. We'll be back <laughs> at some point with another episode of Soundtracking. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers? Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. 
Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 